Hello, Guru Fateh. Welcome to the SIGCAST. My name is Manpreet Singh. Thank you for being with us. We are back with the Shabbat of the week. And with me, I have Harinder Singh. Harinder, Guru Fateh, thanks for being here. Yeah, pleasure to be back. Wadji Khalsa, Wadji Ki Fateh. This week's Shabbat is nothing comes, nothing goes. And so let's start with this. You read the Gurbani, I'll read the English, and then we'll get into it. Sure. This is by Pagat Pipaji. So the Bani is written as follows. Kayo Deva, Kayo Deval, Kayo Jangam Jati, Kayo Tuhup Deep Naibeda, Kayo Puja Pati, Kaya Bhokan Khojate Navnidupai, Nakach Aibo, Nakach Jaibo, Ramki Duhai, Rao. जो ब्रह्मण्डे सोई पिंडे जो खोजे सो पावे पीपा प्रणवे परम तत्त्व है सतगुरु होए लखावे Body itself is God. Body itself is temple. Body itself is the wandering pilgrim. Body is where to offer incense, lamp, and eatables. Body is where to worship with petals. Search numerous realms. Obtain nine treasures in the body. Since I invoked charmer divine. Nothing comes, nothing goes. Reflect. The one in the universe is in the body. The one who searches, finds. Pipa offers, supreme is the essence, revealed by the eternal Guru. So, Harinder, please, uh, let's get into it. Uh, please explain this uh, transcreation, and then we'll talk about it. Of course. Uh, so, you know, let's uh, start with the Rahau line. And the Rahau line is saying, uh, so what he's essentially saying is, you know, in, in the context of Indian, uh, Hindu, Indian, Brahminical context, we have to present that and then we can see what this line means. He's essentially saying that I have searched in numerous places, different lands, different realms, and people go in Indian context to different spaces to get, quote-unquote, the nine treasures. Now, this is very interesting because what are these nine treasures that we can get into it? But in Indian system, the Indian thought, there are nine things that you are after which you can get if you do particular things in particular spaces. And what he's saying is, you know, I've been to different places. I went to different realms, different lands, different sacred spaces, but I actually discovered these nine treasures within my own body, meaning within my, within myself. And how did it happen and what I've been doing since then? He says, and because I've discovered all these treasures, nothing is coming and nothing is going. So this is a classical system, right? Within classical system, it's about life and death. But this could be about any coming and going. So since I have discovered the treasures within, nothing really leaves or nothing really comes or goes. There is no life or death because now I only invoke the charmer divine, Ram Ki Dohai. So his point is, I do not wander around anymore. I used to, if you know the historical people. He, he said, I used to, and I did. I experimented. I went to what I thought the world told me, but I discovered everything within because I am interested in the Charmer Divine, and because I'm interested in Charmer Divine, I actually have made, and it's inconsequential to me whether I live or die, whether I'm born again or not born again. All those questions have died for me. And since this has happened, that's the first part of the Shabbat then says, you know, I <laughs> there is no idea of God or Dev. Dev idea is a lowercase g God, which essentially means, you know, the uh, uh, in the in Indian classical or a Hindu classical system, there are, as they say, 
330 million, you know, gods and goddesses or so that kind of idea. He says, my body is the god now. My body is the temple. I'm not looking for any specific gods or any specific sacred spaces or temples. My body is the pilgrim itself, so I'm not wandering around as pilgrims looking for different spaces again. My body has become that. So everything is the body. This body has become the temple. This body has become God. This body is the pilgrim. And since this is, and where do, we, why do, where do all these people go? Why are they looking for temples? They're trying to go worship so they can get particular nine treasures. And he says, whatever I was going to offer at those places, I offer within my body the incense, the lamps, and eatables. Uh, eatables is essentially, you know, the, the word which is used in the Shabbat is naibeda. Naibed is another word. It comes in Guru Granth Sahib and other forms as well, which basically means, you know, how to the deities people offer foods and there are lamps and incense are being used. So this is all a worship mode. He says, you know, all this I offer to my body now. And this is the body I worship with petals, you know, offering flowers essentially. Uh, this is actually going to put the Brahmins out of the job. That's what he's saying. He's questioning, you know, when I didn't know anything, when I did not invoke the Charmer Divine, I used to go offer this to places where the priests will actually be consuming all these things. Now I offer this to my body and I beautify my body. And the Shabbat ends with, you know, uh, you can go search all this uh, and where, what, what do you find in this? So, Jo Brahmande Sohi Pinde, Jo Khoja Sopave, you will find the one, the one divine, the charmer divine within your own body. You can search the whole universe, but you will find it. The one who is in the universe, you will find it in your own body. But you have to search for it and then you find it. If you're not looking, then you're not going to find. And he offers them and he ends the Shabbat with, Pipa Pranave Param Lakhave, that the eternal guru, the eternal wisdom, when it entered me, what it revealed to me was that the paramtat, the essence of life, the supreme is the essence as we have transcreated here, which essentially means uh, with the wisdom, I've discovered the essence of the universe, which is the supreme essence. So uh, as I see the whole Shabbat, it is actually uh, turning the worship upside down. You know, there is no more, you know, as we would say in a Western sense, you don't need to go to altar to pray. You don't need to go to church or a gurdwara or a masjid or a temple to go pray is what he's saying. He says you can, and people have created these spaces in all religion where they go to political spa, particular space to get either a mental satisfaction or physical need fulfillment. And he's countered all that. So it's, it's amazing uh, because this is, again, obviously the message in Guru Granth Sahib is the same. And Pagati Paji, who comes from the background of Rajasthan area, who used to be uh, you can say a king, a regional king, who left all this life and he discovered uh, that being ascetic or being king is not the answer. And the answer is to do the search within to discover the divine within. When you talk about the nine treasures, is this the same nine treasures that it's invoked in their das when you talk about Guru Tegh Bahadur? You're absolutely right. So this is, you know, so we can take it uh, symbolically or uh, metaphorically. But in within Indian systems and in the Ardas where it says that by just remembering the life and the legacy of Guru Tegh Bahadur Sahib, you invite those nine treasures into your life, which basically is saying we are not looking for the nine treasures. For us, the nine treasures are the memory of Guru Tegh Bahadur. So these are the nine treasures in Indian systems. You know, they range from uh, having uh, great children, precious metals, you know, like uh, precious stones, uh, 
uh, rubies and diamonds, precious metals, be gold, silver, uh, delicious things to eat, uh, use of arm and uh, ability to rule over others, having the right clothes, um, mastery in fine arts and music and poetry. So essentially, these are the different nine treasures. And uh, uh, you probably have seen it even uh, people of all religious kinds or non-religious kind looking for these things. And in the religious arena, uh, sometimes they even explicitly ask for it in prayers. And what Pipaji is saying here is, Pagat Pipaji, that I actually get all these, essentially saying that they don't matter to me anymore because I have discovered the ultimate, which is the relationship with the with the uh, with the one the one who is the divine in the universe, who is the charmer, the charmer divine within me. I have to say, this is the first time I've heard. Uh... Bhagat Pipaji's, uh, you know, name being referenced and also, I guess, his Shabbat too. So the question that comes to my mind is, I, I get what this Shabbat is saying, but now as six, now as, you know, in my family life and the extended family and just, you know, seeing six around the world, but it's kind of very much towards, like he, Bhagat Pipaji flipped the script and now people are flipping it back and doing all these things. Because everyone's like, you should go to this Gurdwara, uh, you know, and then when, even when people go to India, you know, I know uh, they go to Harmandir Sahib and they want to do Ishnan and all that. It becomes a pilgrimage for them too, you know, in some sort of pseudo way. How, and, and Pagatri Paji saying that, no, you know, all that is, it doesn't matter anymore. So w- what went wrong, man? Well, what went wrong is the same as before. Even people in his time were telling him to do the same thing. This is about job security, right? People who run these sacred spaces, they want you to come. I was recently in China, and I was asking, where are the old, old Buddhist temples or Confucius temple? And they said the government destroyed it, and they left very few open, and they charged people to go in. So, you know, you have monks who are super rich, just like uh, the preachers in this country, in America, who are flying, uh, you know, what they call capitalist preachers now, right, who are flying... $30 million jets to go around. Same thing is happening in every religion. It's it's really uh, the people who run these spaces, they make it uh, such that an average person wants to go there because they say they will get a particular thing in life. But remember what uh, Pipaji is saying to people like you and me, he's actually sharing what he did. He's not telling you and me what to do. He's saying, I went after, I also did these things, but at some point I said, you know what, I want to do my own search. And when he started his own search, he essentially started having a great relationship with the divine. And when he had that relationship, he said, I don't need to go to these sacred spaces. I am going to make my body the worship center, and I'm going to develop this within. So if your need or a sixth need or a human being's need becomes that I'm going to search within and I'm going to find the divinity within, then they don't worry about sacred spaces. For the rest of the world, the sacred spaces continue either as a sense of belonging or, uh, you know, those who don't want to search, I would say. Do you have any uh, historical uh, six figures that come into mind other than the gurus, I would say, that maybe people could relate to that have made, uh, you know, worship uh, the way Pipaji is describing here? Yeah, I mean, you, you invoked the Ardas line of Guru Tegh Bahadur Sahib. If you continue with the second, third, and the fourth paragraph, those are the six in the hundreds and thousands who are 
who refused to make sacred spaces, quote-unquote, or the temples, quote-unquote, the places of worship. So, you know, one of the things, for example, you know, at the time of gurus themselves, there were uh, people who were running the sacred spaces, like in the time of Guru Tegh Bahadur Pasha, people who run their Varsab didn't want him to stay there, and they converted into a uh, temple of worship, whereas the Guru had made it the place of learning. Uh, so we, there's a huge confusion within the Sikh world now as to the role of Gurdwara. Gurdwara is where you learn, not where you worship. You don't need a sacred space. Uh, the sacred spaces are all spaces for us. So I would say uh, all the Sikhs, from Panj Piyares, Char Sahibzade, Chali Mukte, you know, all the Shahida, Murida, Japiya, Tapiya, these are the different lifestyles of Sikhs which are being mentioned. None of them actually... Uh, looked at, even uh, when they looked at their bar sub complex, they didn't look at it as being that this is a sacred space. They looked, looked at it as being this is a place of learning and this is a place of deliberation. That's why they fought to go there. Now we fight to go to these places as if we think uh, we will get a guaranteed spot in heaven or a sun or whatever else they're looking for. That's not the purpose of it. So Gudwara is supposed to be a place of learning and getting a knowledge center, getting some wisdom and then going and progressing and doing something else with it. But what I'm hearing is, too, uh, and I'm, I like the way you're saying it, so there are no really sacred places in in the Sikh context, context today that I would tell people. Like, if anyone asked me, hey, do you have any sacred places? We would be like, no, we don't, but we do have all these historical places where we could gain knowledge and wisdom from. Well, absolutely. And that's what it is. And then this Shabbat uh, is in line with the Guru's thinking and 35 other that complete uh, total contributors of Guru Granth Sahib. So this is part of our world vision. And this vision is saying that, quote-unquote, the idea of God, the idea of temple, the idea of pilgrimage is this body itself, quote-unquote, offering at these pilgrimages, whether you use it classical incense lamps on e-tables or flowers or garlands, offer it to this body, implying that you need to really take care of this body, keep this place as clean, keep this place with respect, this body. That's what this is saying. So the question really for us then becomes, how do I treat this body? Do I feel the divinity within? Do I take care of this body as if whatever your idea of a kwankar, whatever your idea of the charmer divine is within living, do you treat this body at that level? If you start treating this body at that level, then you're not worried about what happens to you, what happened to you before this life, or afterlife, which essentially means life and death, because, you know, you have great relationships in now. Like today you have a relationship. If you have a great relationship with the divine living within your body today, you will treat this body with the best things available to you today, not what happened before or what happens tomorrow. And uh, so, yeah, that's the offering here. And and just as a reminder, you know, uh, this Shabbat is in Nasri which is a combination of tan and shiri. Tan is wealth. Shiri is idea of light, or in the rag tradition, the best uh, is considered the best rag, the best offering, the best wisdom. And you combine tan shiri, and Pagat Pipaji is talking about the best nine treasures I have is the discovery of the charmer divine within. So you know how this becomes much more meaningful if we combine and connect the dots from which rags it's presented in, the life of Pagat Pipa who had lived a very rich life, who had lived a very ascetic life, who had done all sorts of pilgrimages, who had went to the centers of the time 
and try to meet the divine personalities of the time after doing all that. So this is not a philosophical rendering he's presenting or something he got up one day and wrote a blog post about. He's actually dealt with all this. It's a vast experience. And then he concludes that now I've discovered everything, the charmer within this body. That's one of the hardest things to do, though, is I think, you know, I said this on past podcasts, too, that it's easy to go to places of worship and it's easy to, you know, donate some money and stuff. And, and those things are all easy. But doing things, what Bhagat Sipaji is saying and realizing, you know, um, how to treat this body is very, very hard. So, well, of course, and, then he, and he acknowledges it. That's why he says himself also that joke hoja so power. If this is not your quest, then you will not discover it. So if your quest is something else, go pursue that. But he's saying, I have made this my quest. And he's very clear. He says it's for those who are searching. If you are not searching, then you're not going to discover it, which means your questions are different because your quest is different. And he says the way it happens is, Satgur Hue Lakhave, the eternal wisdom helps you figure this out. So you have to become, you have to seek, seek wisdom instead of seeking worship modes or particular treasure outcomes. If you're seeking wisdom and if you are searching, your quest is to discover things within your body. It's just it's a different kind of training is what I'm saying. You know, everything is not for everyone. But if this is your quest, then this is the way you search the divine within yourself. So as a Sikh who's beginning Sikhi 101 and wants to search for uh, for this eternal wisdom too, how would they start? Do they start with Shabad, I'm assuming? You, you, you start with, he answers it. He says it right there in his Rahav line. And the Rahav line is important because that's where the central idea is. And where he says, Start having a great relationship is my interpretation now. You've got to have a relationship with your with yourself. So do I talk to myself? Do I reflect about what I'm up to? What am I seeking? So having a personal relationship, having a reflective lifestyle, is the beginning of seeking. And when you are seeking, then you are not caught up into whether this is going to give you a guaranteed spot in heaven, right? Because you are not going after that outcome. Your outcome is Ram Ki Duhai, which essentially means that I'm looking for the splendor, the glory of the divine. So yeah, you start with introspection, reflection, rather than worship. Worship is always busy, right? Wouldn't you wouldn't you say that? I mean, let's look at it as you're on. You said it's easy, right? Because they'll tell you, why don't you do this or donate this much or do physical service of this, which are all good disciplines. And they might be for some people. But what is the end goal you're after? If your end goal is that you want to invoke the charmer divine within, then you have to do the search yourself rather than just doing the worship. Uh, it's starting to make sense. Uh, I guess being busy doesn't mean you're being productive. That's good. Well, you, you, you hear that in the corporate world too now, don't you? And <laughs> exactly. You know, this is about uh, you can do what a status quo is in anything, and status quo in religion is, you know, continue to follow the worship mode. 
and from Guru Nanak Pacha onward, this is a, this was the revolution of Sikhi, uh, which incorporated the uh, revolutionary or non-status quo lifestyles of Pagats like Pipaji. And by the way, Pagat Pipas. So this is this is where I'm mentioning this as a uh, as a side note. So there is uh, Pagat Pipaji's grandson. His name is Anant Das. He wrote something called Parchiya Anantadas, and where he describes a possible meeting between Guru Nanak Pasha and Pagat Pipaji. So my point is that this is not something the the the, the gurus and the Pagats of Guru Granth Sahib they're actually on the same page. They're not trying to reform the ideas. They're trying to empower the individuals so they can become the active spiritual political agents. So they used to meet. They used to, and who would they meet? They met everyone, but they worked and they incorporated in the case of Guru Granth Sahib uh, the, the, the one message which uh, crossed the boundaries of what we will today call regionalism, class, structure, religion, and things of that nature. And so we see this, what Guru Nanak Pasha does, what Pagatipaji does, they are very radical, they are very root-oriented, they, because they are after empowering an individual, not supporting the establishment, and establishment is either of religious kind or political kind. Arindar, it's always great talking to you about this. Um, any final thoughts? And then I just want to get into what uh, what you've been up to. Uh, sure. Uh, final thoughts are always going to be with what the Shabbat is saying. And uh, towards the, the last line of Shabbat, I want to uh, reemphasize that Pipa Pranavaya Param This is very, very important to know. Pranavaya is Pranavat. Pranavat is what you are offering and what you are submitting. You know, when you say, you know, I've done all my work, I've done lifetime of work in this sense, and he is saying, this is what I offer to all of you. And what is he offering? He says, my offering in a supplication, in a, in a request form to all of you is that you guard and bring wisdom in your life. Satguru is eternal wisdom. And this is how you discover Paramtat. This is how you discover the essence of life, the divine essence. So um, you can go after the uh, material nine treasures because they are you know, the particular kind of family. And you know all this. Even today, this is very huge because we look for particular kind of offsprings or particular kind of cars and houses and metals or jewelries or, you know, things. The nine treasures, outer manifestation might have changed, but we all have those desires. And what he's saying is, you know, I have done that. I have looked for those and I have used the God and the priest and every other measure to get to those. You see this today too. You see in the religious and political world, they all invoke these things. But he says, let me tell you, that is not the essence of why we are on this earth. And he says, the essence I've discovered is to discover the greater, to have a great relationship with the divine who is also a charmer, which means you have a loving relationship with the divine. So that's the final message. Go pursue that relationship. If this is, and if you want to pursue it, you got to go search for it. You need to have your own quest. Um, so that's the idea uh, uh, that I'm getting from Pagat Pipaji. Uh, again, I want to reemphasize that he is from the regionalism of today's uh, Eastern Rajasthan. So, you know, sometimes we don't think about or don't correlate that gurus were dealing with 
what we call the larger South Asian cultures, and this is one part of the Rajasthani culture. Great. Thank you for that. How can people reach you? What have you been doing? What have you been writing about? What can they look forward to? Uh, well, I think uh, one the major thing which you'll, uh, you'll be seeing soon, which will be coming out from Secretion Institute, is we've been working on uh, creating a series of you know survey and position paper kind of a thing. And then the first offering we'll be publishing within a month, uh, which is uh, looking into this idea of how is the global Sikh community uh, self-identifying itself as a Sikh and what are the recommendations we have for individual Sikhs to grow and also uh, inst Sikh institutions to grow as a Sikh in terms of how to look at each other with those who identify, self-identify as Sikhs. So that's a, a new project. It's a new series. This is looking at uh, either an uh, issue which is affecting uh, the large section of a community or a critical issue affecting the world. So we, this is our first offering coming up. Uh, expect that within a month. Great. Harinder, always a pleasure talking to you. Thanks for doing the podcast. Looking forward to speaking to you again. Thanks for being thank here. Thank you, Manpreet. Yeah, thank you.